thank you for joining the Bogart Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled God's Sovereignty at Work and comes from 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel 1 through 4, and 1 Chronicles 1 through 10. During this study, we will recognize the sovereignty of God, which directs the affairs of men and nation in spite of human weakness. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Summer 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. Today's lesson for July the 2nd, 2023 is entitled, The People's Desire. It comes from 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, and verses 19 through 22. The key verse, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should reign over them. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 7. The application. The student will understand that the Lord is the rock of safety and deliverance. Seeking the context. Israel was about as low as they had ever been. The high priest Eli and his sons were dead. The ark of God was in the hands of the Philistines, and the glory of God had departed from Israel. 1 Samuel chapter 4 verse 22. Why were they at such a low place? It was because they had disobeyed the Lord over and over again. For several hundred years, they chased after foreign gods and forsook the Lord. The Lord is long-suffering and forgiving, and several times throughout the period of the judges, the Lord came to Israel's rescue and delivered them from oppression. But Israel had the terrible habit of disobeying the Lord again and again. But the Lord was not about to let his ark remain with the Philistines. And we can read the somewhat comical account of how the ark gave the Philistines quite a headache in 1 Samuel 5. The Lord humiliated the Philistine god Dagon by knocking it down, breaking off the statue's head and hands, and reducing it to a trunk. He plagued the Philistines with emrods, which were some type of tumor. The hand of the Lord was very heavy upon them, and they could not return the ark of God to Israel fast enough. Today's lesson is a contrast between two chapters. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, we see a revival in Israel, in which the people put away their strange gods and served the Lord only. But in 1 Samuel 8, we see the rejection of God when Israel asked for a king like all the other nations. Israel's revival was too soon followed by once again rejecting God. Can you describe a time when you experienced a personal revival in your relationship with God? Searching the text. Number one, revival in the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 7 verses 1 through 4. And the men of Kirjah, Jeraim, came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjah, Jeraim, that the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, 
saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away the Belem and Ashtaroth, and served the Lord only. When the ark of God returned to Israel, it did not go to Shiloh to be placed in the tabernacle. Instead, it was placed in the house of a Levite named Abinadab in Kirjath, Jeraim, a city of Judah about 14 miles west of Jerusalem. His son, Eleazar, cared for the ark for 20 years. God would no longer dwell in the tabernacle in the midst of his people. Interestingly, there is no mention of the tabernacle from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3, to 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 17, a period of about 100 years. Had the tabernacle been neglected? Indeed, the glory of the Lord had departed from Israel. Sin always creates a barrier in our fellowship with God. What a sad situation when God cannot stand to dwell among his own people. Seemingly, Samuel had been absent for some time, possibly the full 20 years of verse 2. During this time, Israel mourned because it seemed that the Lord had abandoned them. But Samuel arrived with a message from the Lord. If they were serious about returning to the Lord, then they had to get rid of their strange gods and commit to serving only the Lord. Only then would he deliver them from the Philistines. Why is it that people think the Lord will bless disobedience? We often hear, God bless America, and I too pray that God would bless America. But we should ask ourselves, is America blessable? Instead of praying, God bless America, maybe we need to pray that Americans would live in obedience to the Lord so that he can bless America. The Lord was very clear with Israel on the things he would bless and the things he would curse, Deuteronomy 28. God blesses obedience and curses disobedience. Neither Israel nor we should be confused when God's blessings are absent. To Israel's credit, they did put away their strange gods and served the Lord only. Samuel gathered Israel at Mizpah and prayed for them. Israel confessed their sins and worshipped the Lord. It was not long before the Philistines gathered in battle against Israel, and the Lord was faithful to Samuel and Israel to defeat the Philistines. When we obey the Lord, we can expect his blessings. Can you describe a time when the Lord cursed your disobedience and a time when the Lord blessed your obedience? Number two, rejecting the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 8 verses 1 through 9. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his first was Joel, and the name of his second was Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba, and his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took bribes, and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, and came to Samuel unto Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. 
Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, in all they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Years passed between chapter 7 and 8. As the years passed, it did not take long to get old. Samuel had been a faithful priest, prophet, and judge in Israel for about 50 years. But at the beginning of chapter 8, he was old. Samuel was ready to pass on the responsibilities of judging Israel to his sons, but Samuel's sons were not faithful judges. We might question whether or not Samuel was at fault for the failures of his sons. We know that Eli was responsible for his son's failures because the Lord told him so, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 29. But there is nothing said that lays the blame on Samuel for the sins of his sons. Although parents do have the biggest influence on their children, parents cannot always be held responsible for the sins of their children. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 16. This set up the condition in which the elders of Israel asked Samuel for a king like all the nations. Hear the words clearly, like all the nations. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 5. Israel forgot that what made them great had nothing to do with their being like the nations, but everything to do with their being unlike the nations. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 7. How often we Christians try to be like the world when what is great about us is that we are unlike the world. In fact, the more unlike the world we are, the greater we are. Jesus said, The world likes to be lords and exercise authority like kings, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 and 27. We are greatest when we are most unlike the world. Israel's request for a king upset Samuel greatly because he thought they had rejected him. He took it personal. But the Lord corrected him by explaining that they had not rejected him. They had rejected the Lord. God was their king, but they rejected his reigning over them for a human king to reign over him. Israel had a long history of rejecting God for other gods. Now they rejected God for a human king. Whereas we saw Israel's revival in chapter 7, we see their rejection in chapter 8. Rejection is never easy to take. Anyone who has been rejected in their efforts to lead someone to salvation knows how Samuel felt. But when someone rejects our witness, 
They are not rejecting us. They are rejecting the Lord. Like Samuel, we are personally invested in the work of the Lord, so someone rejecting the Lord feels very personal to us. That is not such a bad thing. The Lord told Samuel to do what the people asked, but also to warn them of what a king would do to them. Sometimes the Lord gives us what we want, but not without warning. I think we all can attest to the fact that what we want in life is not always best for us, but what the Lord wants for us is always best. Can you describe a time when someone rejected your witness? How did you feel? Number three, refusing the warning. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 19 through 22. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. Even after a stern warning of all that a king would take, and how a king would oppress them, the elders of Israel were insistent. They wanted a king. It seems that their strongest motive was that they wanted a king to fight their battles. Had they forgotten all the battles the Lord had won for them? Had they forgotten Jericho and all the victories in the Promised Land? Had they forgotten the victory the Lord had given them in chapter 7? Oh, how short our memories can be when it comes to what the Lord has done for us. The Lord had plans for Israel to have a king one day. The Lord promised Abraham and Jacob that kings would come from them. Genesis chapter 17 verse 6 and verse 16 chapter 35 and verse 11. And Jacob prophesied that the tribe of Judah would be the kingly tribe. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10. Moses gave instructions for the king of Israel when the time came for him to be appointed in Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verses 14 through 20. So yes, God intended for Israel to have a king, but it was not yet time in God's timing. David was the king God had in mind, a man after his own heart, but he was not even born yet. 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14, Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. Nevertheless, the Lord anointed Saul as king to show them what kind of king they would choose. David was the king of God's choosing. The fact that Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin and not from Judah as prophesied by Jacob is evidence enough to prove that he was not the king God intended. But God gave them what they wanted, a king like all the nations, and it was not in their best interest. I gave thee a king in mine anger and took him away in my wrath. Hosea chapter 13 verse 11. How many times does the Bible command us to wait on the Lord? Wait on the Lord, be of good cheer, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 27, verse 14. 
Too often we get ahead of the Lord and run recklessly into ruin. If we would just wait, the Lord would give us the desires of our heart in His way and His timing. Wait on the Lord. Although Samuel was upset and heartbroken, he heard the Lord give the people what they wanted. Samuel knew that this would end in disaster, but the Lord had spoken. Samuel obeyed the Lord, knowing that some of God's greatest judgments are to give the people what they wanted. Can you describe a time when you prayed for something you wanted, only to find out later how thankful you were that God did not give it to you? Setting the Application In today's lesson, we have seen the contrast between obedience and disobedience. God blessed Israel in chapter 7 with victory over the Philistines when they confessed their sins, repented of their idolatry, and served Him only. In chapter 8, Israel rejected God as their king and asked for a human king to rule over them. This would result in so many curses. Israel never learned that obedience to God is the only path to blessings. Are we like Israel? How many times have we rejected God for our own idols or for someone or something else to rule our lives? How many times have we had to face the curses of our own making because we rejected God and disobeyed Him? What is it in our lives that we want so badly that we are willing to forsake God for? That will become our curse. Will we ever learn that, that obedience to God is the only path to blessings? What is it in your life for which you are willing to forsake God? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogart Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue recognizing God's sovereignty at work in the scriptures. Bogart Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resource they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday school, children's chapel, Bible training course, Bible challenge, and vacation Bible school. Please visit our website to find all the ministry resources you will need at bogartpress.org. That's bogartpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotion at bogartpress.org.